sound better for me anyway. Yeah, thank you very much for searching. I appreciate it. No, thank you. Good afternoon. How is everybody? Good e evening, afternoon, whatever. Somebody said the evening. You're throwing me off now. What a morning. What a Sunday school we had. I don't know if it was because people uh, uh, forgot we were changing times and everybody just showed up for church, but praise the Lord, it worked. It was good. I was I was glad to have we had we had large numbers for our first Sunday school, so uh, praise the Lord for that. And just we had sixty eight for our morning service, and uh, how many online? Two or three online. Oh, that's good. They should all be here if it could be, can be. <laughs> but praise the Lord. And I, I I don't know what the numbers were for Sunday school, but uh, it was it was pretty close. We we praise God. That was good. Fifteen for full house. I understand for the for the for the nursing home service, uh, uh, they they had to actually bring in more chairs. So praise the Lord, God's working, God's working, and and uh, I'm thankful. Amen. I think if I was to turn to Ephesians chapter one, you, we uh, were. It may take us a while to get through this, but we'll get through it. Ephesians chapter one, we're continuing to look at what a pastor prays for. Um, here in uh, this this next this this second part of the the first chapter, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and read uh, the, the the end of it. Um, I say the end chapter or verse fifteen all the way to the end of twenty three, and then we'll pray and see what God has for us. This is verse fifteen. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory has of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for... Uh, your word and, and just how you work in us. God, I pray that uh, you would empty me of myself this, this afternoon. I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit. I pray that you would give me the words to speak and the power in which to preach uh, and, to, and to teach these truths. God, I pray that our hearts would be tender and, and yielded unto you, that you might have, uh, that you might be able to minister to us, Lord. Uh, you see our needs. You see the, our, our faults and our, our weaknesses. Lord, you see uh, the, those those of us that that need to encourage and strengthen, Father, I just pray that you would have your way with us, Father. That you would uh, minister to each one of us individually, Father. And I'm thankful that we have a God that that can do that, or that you can t touch each one of our hearts in a specific way. And God, I pray that we would all be tender to to how you would minister to us and speak to us. Bless this time now, Lord. We pray it's, it's all done for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We looked at uh, the, the beginning of Paul's prayer this this, this morning, uh, starting with uh, this 
this premise that he's talking to the church and preaching to the church, and he mentioned that he had heard of their faith in God. Now, we know the letter was written to the church at Ephesus, and to the saints and the faithful that are there in Ephesus, but he says, I've heard of your faith, and, and this wasn't a, a faith, that it's not a place he's never been before. This was a place that he had ministered for years. Uh, he had been there and then, and then worked out of there for a period of three years, and we saw that in Acts chapter uh, 20, where he talked about how he went uh, spent night and day going door to door, uh, teaching to everybody all the counsel of God. He preached the gospel, and and it made God blessed, and people got saved. And there was a church there at Ephesus. In fact, in Acts chapter twenty, where we looked, he's called. He had called the elders of the church to come, that he could minister to the elders, so that they would go back and be able to feed the flock of God that that, that God had called them to minister to. That 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 they would go back and. And be wary of the false teachers that were going to come in and try to, uh, that were going to arise and come in and try to affect the flock. And then he also warned them of those of, among themselves that might rise up and begin to teach false doctrine. But he, he encouraged them to go back and to do that. Uh, but but so it's a church that he's that he is not just one that he's heard of, but one that he's familiar with. In fact, one in which he started. So he had a love for these people. So he heard of. Uh, the faith he's he's heard of how uh, they, the, the the of their love for one another and we talked about that and how that was an outflow of of their faith and how the, how the, the the love of God in in us should be shown in our love for others. In fact, we saw, looked at First John and 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 how saw that how it was a it was a a sign of our salvation. We looked back in in the book of uh, I believe it was Matthew and. And Jesus said that they'll know you by your love for one another, that you're my disciples. So it's something that should be a basic of Christianity. We get saved, there should be a love for one another. And I'm thankful that I believe we have a love for each other in this church. I praise God that, that, uh, that, that just like Paul said, I'm thankful for the, uh, the, the, the blessing that I see our, our church people working together and desiring to serve and, and, and stepping up and, and, and even when we're busy. Right, we we all have families, we all have jobs, we all have things to do, but yet we're still able to come together and serve the Lord together and praise praise the Lord for that. Paul goes on to say what he was praying for there in the first verse, starting there in verse seventeen, and uh, just a, a again a quick uh, covering of it. Uh, he he prayed for simply this, without all the extra the the alliterated words and things, that God would put in them a desire to know him and that God would reveal himself to them. And that's, that should be the desire of every Christian. But I, I don't know how many times and I've seen it in my own life in the past where, where I just got comfortable Right, uh, where, 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 whether it was because uh, uh, I was lacking in my daily Bible reading, something happened. There was something that maybe not, maybe didn't necessarily, didn't necessarily offend me that I wasn't obedient to Scripture. But I went through a dry period of time in my life, and and I just I got comfortable where I was at spiritually. The problem is, anytime you get comfortable where you're you're at spiritually, it's not like you stay there in that space. Have you? It's like it's more like trying to walk up a down escalator. If you stop. You just move down, right? You go backwards, and, and that's how it is in our in our in our walk with Christ. If we stop 
trying to move forward, we will move backwards. And Paul's saying, listen, don't, don't ever, I'm praying that you don't ever get to the place where you're comfortable. In fact, I pray that you press forward, just like he, he wrote in the book of Philippians. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. What is that prize? To know Christ. To, to know the, the power of his resurrection, the, uh, the suffering of, uh, the fellowship of his suffering. He wanted to know Christ more and more every single day. And, and that's what he's praying here for the people of Ephesus. There in chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 17, he talked about the sovereign regulation, the, the gift that only God can give, that desire to know God. It, it should be, I would say, it should be innate in us. It should be a part of the, the new creature that God has given to us or made us into be. But while we still have the new, while we have the new nature, we still have the old nature. And that flesh and that spirit will battle one another. So we need to ask God for that, for that desire and we need to ask God for that attitude, and we need to seek God to reveal himself to us, just as Paul was praying there for the people there. Next, we're going to look at the distinct purpose, the distinct purpose. We see it, in, we see it here in verse 18. Verse 17 was the divine perception. Verse 18 is the distinct purpose. Paul continues on praying, says, the eyes, that the eyes of your understanding... Be enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance of the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us were to believe, according to the working of his mighty power. And we understand that that uh, that uh, what it's talking about here these this, these enlightened eyes that uh, that, that uh, can uh, is. They're talking about an enlightened heart. It's one eyes that can see, uh, uh, and not just see see anything, um, but see spiritual things. We all have eyes in our head, right? Uh, if your eyes are closed, can you see anything? No. If you're sleeping right now, brother brother Don said he was tired, and you're going to have to keep awake. Here we go, brother Don. If your eyes are closed, you can't see anything. There's no there's no you can't understand uh, anything. You can't see what's going on. It's uh, you're walking blind or you're, you're just unaware of those things that are going on around you um we have spiritual eyes and as children of god god has opened our eyes amen uh, that, that we can see and understand things that the world cannot understand first corinthians chapter first uh, corinthians chapter 2 talks about that here in just a little bit turn over there with me if you would first corinthians chapter 2 Verse 1 says, Thy brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined to know, not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Uh, it's, a, it's important for us to understand that, that it's the power of God that does a work. Uh, it is not. It is not the, the ability of the the preacher or the speaker. It is not in the the words that are used. It is not in the language that it's used. It's not in how excited and jumping up and down. Uh, I could get all excited and jump up and down, and nothing happened. Uh, uh, there are back historically, there are preachers. Uh, Billy Sunday was one who used to come onto the onto the. The, the stage where he would preach and he would do somersaults across the, the stage. 
get people excited. He would jump up and down while he was preaching. He would even swear. I'm not saying that any of those things are good. While he was a well-known preacher, and again, I'm not saying, I'm not going to doubt or talk about a man who's dead and, and who led many people to the Lord and had a great ministry. Well, he did, what I'm saying is the power isn't in what we do. It's in what God does. And so God has to open up the eyes. The Bible talks about uh, the, the eyes uh, of, of the lost being blind. Paul says if the gospel be hid, it's hid to them. They're lost. There needs to be an opening of their understanding. Uh, in the book of Acts, I believe it's chapter 16, where, God is, where, where Paul is preaching uh, at the, by the riverside to Lydia, the Bible says that God opened up the understanding of her heart. She understood the gospel that he was preaching, and she trusted by faith in Jesus Christ. She had eyes that were open. She could see. Continue on here in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians. It says, uh, verse 7, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the throne unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. He says, listen, the, the spirit of man can't understand spiritual things. He can only understand things of this world because he has the spirit of the world. But we have been given the spirit of God, and there are things that are hidden to the spirit of this world, to, to, to the people of this world, that are only revealed by the spirit of God. You have to have eyes to see and to understand these things. It's important for us to know that. If we go back and look at just for a second time, we won't. Uh, but David wrote, uh, wrote open, in Psalms 119, Open thou mine eyes that I may be hold wondrous things out of thy law. This was before the time of the Holy Spirit indwelling him, but he was asking God to give him divine perception, that, under, that, that ability to understand the truths of the word of God. In the book of Amos chapter 11, it talks of a famine that was going to take place, not of water, not of bread, but of hearing the word of God. And it wasn't the fact, the fact that, there were, that there weren't preachers preaching the word of God. The word hearing didn't just mean that nobody heard the word of God. It was a lack of understanding of the word of God. He saying that there's going to come a time when, when people would hear the truth, but they wouldn't understand the truth. And I believe that we're in a time like that today in many, many places across our country where even though the, the truth is preached and many people can sit underneath the truth, the, 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 their eyes are asleep or they're asleep and their eyes are closed and there's no true, real understanding of the truths of God. And Paul's saying, listen, one of the things I'm praying for you, yes, that you know God, but I'm praying that your understanding is open, that you have eyes to see. Revelation chapter 3 is a letter that, that John or the Jesus wrote to the churches, and everyone adds, 
He that has ears to hear, let him hear. May God help us to have ears to hear the truth of the word of God. And listen, as a pastor, Paul's praying for the church at Ephesus saying, I pray that you have eyes that are open so that you can understand. I pray that you have ears to hear, you can hear the spirit when he's calling you. Because listen, we can harden our hearts and we can stiffen our necks and we can deafen our ears and we can close our eyes and we can hear the truth but never understand. And I'm praying just like Paul did for our our church, that we can have ears to hear the truth. I see the truth, but understand it. Understanding isn't just having a knowledge of. I can quote a lot of things that I don't understand. There are a lot of, uh, have you ever watched some of those the TV medical shows? I hate watching TV medical shows. Do you know why? Knowing medicine, knowing what's real, and then watching those, those people pretend and use words that they don't even understand what they're saying. And they're using it out of context. And you're like, no, what are you doing? You wouldn't do that. Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. Because somebody who didn't know what they were doing wrote a script. And they asked that they hired somebody who worked in the medical field for some words that would make it sound right. And they did the best they could to make But it's just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And these actors, they're good at acting. They make it sound good. If you're a lay person, you don't know. But they don't have a clue about what they're saying. And the truth is, none of it makes sense. So I hate watching those shows. But it's, it's the same thing here. There are a lot of people that can parrot the truth of the word. They can, they, even a lot of preachers, they can get up and, and, and preach the word. But there's a lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge so they can say it, but they don't live it. They can say it, but it doesn't really affect them. We, and, and I believe, I truly believe, just like in Amos chapter 8, we're in a time where we, uh, I'm going to suck this thing in if I keep breathing so hard. We're, we're in a time when we are in a famine of, under, of understanding the word of God. And that's, a, that's a, a prayer request that Paul had. But he wanted them to see something particular. There were some truths here. He said, I pray that you have, uh, you have this, this enlightened heart where the Holy Spirit, which dwells within you, opens your eyes of understanding to a, a, a few particular things here. And we're going to look at those things now. There were some things that, that Paul was praying. But help if I'm in Ephesians and not Galatians. There we go. There were some things that Paul was praying that they would see and understand. He prays there for the, their eyes of understanding, be, being enlightened, that they might know something. And here it is found, in first, the first thing is found there in verse 18. It says, what is the hope of his calling? What is the hope of his calling? We've all been called to become the children, called the children of God. We, we talked about that uh, several times weeks ago in Ephesians chapter 1, that we've been chosen, that we've been called. There's a reason that we've been called, because God has called us to salvation. God, remember, it's, it's according to the, 
foreknowledge of God, God's omniscience, his, his all-knowing. Uh, he's outside of the bounds of time and, and space. And all. It's as difficult it is for us to really grasp with our mind. Uh, he's not, uh, he created time. He created space. He created everything. So he's not bound by the physical laws of it. That's why we can have supernatural miracles happen and say, wow, how did that happen? I don't know. God must have done that. Uh, it, can, it can go beyond. That's how Jesus fed the 5,000 with two loaves and because Jesus wasn't bound by physics and apparently economics or anything else. Uh, he, he was able to, to act supernaturally because he was above nature. He was above all of those things. But, but, but here he, he said, uh, he's, he's talking about this, this hope that we can have, this hope of our calling. God did a supernatural work in us in, in calling us for salvation. He knew all of this beforehand. He knew who was going to accept, it, accept or reject him, and he called those whom he chose, and those that he chose he predestined that they might become the children of God, the sons of God. And I'm so thankful for that. I praise God that he called us. I praise God that he saw us and knew us and, and chose us and made, it, made us his children and gave us an inheritance. I praise God that we have hope in Jesus Christ. takes eyes to understand, and eyes, uh, that, that those eyes of understanding to see that hope in Christ. Because the world, they see the story of, of Christ, and they see, the, they see the cross, and the Bible says that to them the cross and the preaching of Christ is foolishness. We needed understanding to see that. Now, he's talking to, to Christians. So, so uh, this, this hope isn't just hope of the past of what God has done, although that's part of it, right? And that hope is looking back that beyond, before the foundation of the, the world, the Bible says the Lamb was slain. God had in his mind the understanding of all that was going to take place. He knew who he was going to create, how he was going to create it, and what was going to happen. And he planned it all. He planned it all. And we can look back and say, praise God, because of that I can have hope. But it's not just hope of what's happened in the past, it's hope of what's going on in the present. It's, it's not just what, what, that, that Jesus chose us and foreknew us, it's, it's now that, that he's working in us presently. The Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, that, that I'm confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Man, what a, what a blessed hope that God's working in me and changing me and, and through the word of God and the spirit of God sanctifying me and making me more and more like his son Jesus Christ. Praise God, I don't have to do it. I can have hope that, that he's continuing to, to work in me and that he can use me and that he can, he can, he can be, make something useful out of me. I can have hope that if he, what he did in me, he can do in someone else. We have brothers and sisters and family members and uh, uh, co-workers and people all around us that are lost and dying without Christ. And listen, whether they... We, whether they, whether they are, 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 are some kid growing up in church, I, I think about my own kids, and just I, I pray that God works in their hearts and that they can have a, a relationship with God. And, and it's not just something that they, that they hear me talk about and they see in me, but they don't ever experience it themselves. Listen, what God did in me, he can do in them. But then I can look outside the church and look at some of the people that we, we bring in, the people that we see the drunks on the side of the road. We see the, we see the, the, the people with, uh, I've seen people with IV and drug marks up and down their arm and, and, and places where they cut themselves trying to kill themselves. I've seen, all, I've seen it for both sides of it. And I can look at somebody else that I know where God brought them out of that and say, God did it for them. He can do it for them. I have hope. 
presently, today, I have hope that no matter who it is, that God can work and the power of the blood still cleanses and the gospel still saves. But not only is the past and the present, it's future. Because God's not done, and we know that he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul says this, I, I know whom I believe, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Listen, I know that he'll continue it, and that one day he'll finish it. One day I'm going to stand before God, and I'm going to see Jesus face to face. And First John says that I'll be just like he is. This Immortal, this mortal will put on immortality. This corruptible will put on incorruption. I won't look like this anymore. I'll be prettier. Okay, I can't guarantee that I'll be prettier. I don't know what I'm going to look like. The Bible says I'm not going to be like this. I'm going to be new. I have hope. Well, the best part of all that isn't the, 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 the golden streets. It isn't the, the, the mansion that I could one day have. It isn't the, the ability to walk through walls or, or to eat whatever I want. The, the, the best part is not, that I'm not going to be bound by my flesh anymore. And that part that holds me back and prays to the Lord, that, that part when I pray that gets distracted or falls asleep, that part that, that struggles with his flesh, it's going to be gone. I have hope. And we think, well, that's in the future. It is the future, but not like a fall. It's not, we're not talking about the finish line. That's just the beginning. Think about this. This life that we live, it's a, just a vapor. It's just a flash in the pan. But one day, it's going, this will be over, and it's the beginning of everything that we have to hope for. I'm so thankful for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. But without eyes of understanding, we won't see that. Without eyes of understanding, we'll, yeah, we'll say, yeah, yeah, I'm saved. But, but hey, listen, you don't understand how hard it is. It doesn't matter how hard it is. I under, yes, I do. I do understand. But you don't understand how beautiful that is and how wonderful that will be. And though it will be worth it all. We don't have to be bound down or, or caught up in the problems or the weariness of the day. We can keep our eyes up and lift up and look at Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, the one who died to save, to save us, and we can strive to continue on so that we might serve him. Look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul here is talking about that future hope. A glorious mystery that's not impossible really for us to truly understand until we see it. But he talks, he says in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed. I can't wait for that day. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. All that's over. It says, But the thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not 
in vain in the Lord. If we get all caught up in the problems of today and we forget and we lose the hope of what's going to happen tomorrow, man, we get, it, 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 it's crushing. It is crushing. Proverbs says that he, the hope deferred maketh the heart sick. You just don't want to go on. It makes it easy to quit. It makes it easy to walk away. And listen, I don't want to, I don't want to say of our church writing letters to other pastors saying, those ones that I told you about, they, they're, they're now enemies of the cross of Christ with tears running down. I don't want that to be us. I want us to keep our eyes on Christ and remember with hope that will help us to go on. Paul's praying for an enlightened heart and extended hope and an excellent heritage. An excellent heritage. The, one of the, the second thing that, that he wants them to see here is their heritage. Back in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, he says that the, verse 18, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory, of his inheritance, and the saints. Now we talked about the inheritance that's been, that we have, this, that, we're, that, what, that which we're hoping for. Uh, we've talked about it several times, and so we, we won't go necessarily deep into it. But it's, a, it's an undeniable fact that God has promised us these things. If, if the word of God says it, that settles it. Amen? I am so thankful that we can trust the promises of God and know that if God says that this is true, it is true. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. Whether, uh, whether I go, you shall not know. He's coming back to take us home. Amen. First Thessalonians 4 says we can comfort ourselves with these words, that, that we which are alive remain and we caught up together with them in the clouds. We're going to heaven someday. It's an undeniable fact. And listen, the, the, the riches of his glory, the riches of his grace, the inheritance, we, we don't even know the, 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 the half of it. Because one day it will be revealed to us all that God has done. It's an undeniable fact, this, this, this excellent heritage. But I want you to see something that caught me off guard. We know that we have an inheritance in Jesus Christ. But let's read the la that last part very closely. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. It doesn't say inheritance for the saints. It says it's his, God's inheritance in the saints. What's so special about us? I look at I look at myself and my flaws, and I think, why would God say that I'm an inheritance? And I mean, inheritance is is, is something that's given to you because uh, a family. Uh, he's saying that that that, that we yes, he will receive our heritage, but that he's he is declaring that we are his heritage, that we are his inheritance, according to his eternal glory. You know what it means? The way I am, not worthy. But what God's doing in me, and when God is finished with me, there's value in that. We are to be the praise of his glory. 
We're to do our very best to, 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 to be the praise of glory now as the word of God works in us. We're to, to strive to live holy. We're to strive to live righteous lives. We're, we're to, to do our very best. Uh, uh, Peter says that, 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 that the grace of God teaches us that. Listen, there is, a, there, there is this, this false doctrine out there of, of, of grace. And I want, you to, I want you to understand this. It is, the Bible says this in the book of Romans. Uh, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. There's, there's good truth in that, right? And that, that no matter how far away from the Lord you have gotten, no matter what sin you have committed, God will give you the grace that you need to, to bring you back. Paul then poses a question. Should we sin so the grace can abound? And the answer is no. In fact, his answer is God forbid. It is not acceptable for us to say, well, I'm going to continue in my sin so that that grace can abound because the grace of God is limitless. God has called us into holiness. God has called us unto righteous living. Now, there, there are some things that are left kind of in a grayish area as to oh, what's right. Listen, and you have to, and, and, and Paul deals with that in the book of Romans, chapter 14, that there are some things that, well, he's talking about eating meats that are sacrificed to idols and not eating meats, and what should the, the Gentiles be held to versus the Jews should be held to, should they be held to the law. Listen, uh, we're, not saved by, we're not saved by the works. We're, we don't have to do those things, but we should strive to live righteously before God. We have the word of God which instructs us. First Peter tells us that the grace of God will teach us to live godly lives. The closer to God we can be, the better. When I say this, this, this false doctrine of, of grace is there are those that teach that because of the grace of God, we have liberty, which we do. We have the liberty to live, the, to follow the word of God. There are those that will take that and say, well, you have liberty to do what you want, and God's grace will just overcome that. You can, you can go out and you can, you can party it up and you can, you can do this, you can wear what you want, and you can, you can go where you want, and, and, and that's okay. Listen, you don't lose your salvation, but we're going to have to answer for everything that we do. And we're to be the praise of his glory. We're to strive to become more and more like Jesus Christ everywhere that we go. Everything that we do, everything that we say. Yes, we live according to grace, but we are to have world to allow Christ to live in us. What does, it, what does it, that Paul say there in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20? I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. He said, well, that's for the preachers and the pastors and the, their families. To have to do. That's for all of us. We're to all to live that way. We're to all to, to try to live right and serve the Lord. And so don't get caught up in that, that, that free grace or the, that, that liberty that, that, that is really just bondage. You can get bound into the things of this world. And Paul said that a, a good soldier of Jesus Christ won't entangle himself again with the things of this world. We were already in that mess. God got you out of it. You can have victory now. Why would you want to live there? I, I don't know other than their spiritual eyes have been darkened and they don't see the truth. Paul's praying for their eyes to be opened that they can see the hope that we have, the heritage that we have and that he has in us. And I'll end with this. Verse 19. 
it's, it's just a continue on, continuation of what, what Paul's praying for, what he prays that they see. It says, that he, it says there, verse, in verse 18, the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. We're looking here at uh, a directed power. Paul's prayer here is that they have the eyes of understanding enlightened, that they can see or know the magnitude of the greatness of God's power to us. Think about what God has created. If you were to look at the sun, the sun is this massive ball in the sky that we see every day. We become used to it, right? Do you know that you can fit, I believe it's 100 million Earths in the sun? And it's, that's how big it is. It's massive. It, it's, it, it, it's, we, it's 93 million miles away. It's a, just, just, it takes just... I believe it's 455 seconds for the sunlight to get there from here, for here from there. It's it's amazing the magnitude of what God created when He created the sun. It's the largest star in our planet, but compared to other suns and other galaxies, or not in our planet, in our galaxy, uh, compared to other, it's it's considered small, infantile. They 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 they, they teach us now. They they, they understand now, and they they actually can, they can measure it. That the universe is expanding, not just our, our galaxy, but the universe, at a rate of 38 miles per second. If the sun is 93 million miles away, and that's the closest star to us, and it's infantilely small compared to some of these, look what God created when he created this world. It just, it blows my mind to, to think of the magnitude and the scope of all that God did when he said, let there be light. Oh. And then, because of my medical background and knowing the, 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 just the, the mechanics and the, 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 the chemical thing, the, the cellular level of, uh, of our bodies and the, each, each cell in our body is, it's like this little city on its own. It's it's ridiculous. But even beyond that, now some of us have more hair than others, brother Rich. My, I'm getting closer to you than I am to some others. But my my hair, I can't pull one out. There's one right there. I got it. An atom, or at least a molecule, is one millionth of the size of that. And that in that molecule are protons, and there's space enough for them to spin around. And I, I'm not a huge scientist. Anita could describe this stuff a whole lot better than I could. My mind just blown. Pretty much what it, what it comes down to. We God created that. To that. that that we can see. It isn't just some. It's not just some. Well, you know, it, it could be. No, we can see this stuff. It is measurable. That God who created all of that with a spoken word. 
the magnitude of power is directed towards us. He could do anything that he wanted. Uh, Daniel read this morning, uh, what is man that thou art mindful of him? I don't know. Other than the creation of an almighty, all-powerful, holy, loving God who wanted fellowship with us. I, I begin to just think of the, the power that, 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 that is there. And he says, he says I want you to, to know the power that God has directed to you. Listen, we live lives that are defeated. We live lives that are, are depressed. We, we run into problems and think, how could I get out of this? I don't know what the answer is going to be. We have a God who did all of that. And we forget. And we're ignorant of it. And we're overwhelmed with the problems. And I understand. I, listen, I, I've, I've been there. We get weary. We get tired. We get, we get overwhelmed. And, and listen, there isn't a, a man of God in the Bible that didn't other than Jesus Christ. Even Jesus in the Garden of Eden struggled. But if we remember all of that power that God has at his disposal, we would never and, and know that that victory is in Jesus Christ. His intention is, listen, we've already seen the beginning of it in our salvation, amen? But all of that power is directed in our life. But we don't see it because our eyes are closed. We don't see it because everything's kind of coming around us and crowding us out. We need to bury ourselves in the Word of God and ask God, for eyes of understanding that we might see the power of God available to us. And it's not just a, there are three different words here talking about the power of God. Greek words, we won't get, we won't get into it, but they're all three different. It's all encompassing. It talks about his energy, it talks about power, but it also talks about how it's directed and controlled. There is uncontrolled power, and there is controlled power. Uncontrolled power is destructive. It's kind of like dynamite. If you take a thing of dynamite, it can destroy things. But if you do it in the right way, you know you can actually direct the power of an explosion. Uh, they, they, you, uh, military uses this. They, they call it uh, debt cord. They, they put this cord around the, the wall or, or, or directed charges, and they'll put it like on the lock, and they'll step back, and boom, the door will blow open. And they, they were only a couple feet away. They didn't get hurt. What happened? All the power was directed in a certain way. God's directing his power in our lives. You think you, you can't overcome something? You think that you can't do something? You're right, you can't. God can. And God help us to remember that. Because it's that faith that will carry us through those difficult times when we're weak and we're tired and we're overwhelmed. It's that faith in the power of God that will bring us through when God says, hey, listen, I want you to do this. And you say, but God, I can't. But you can. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I look around the room and I, I, I just think, God, I don't, I don't know what I would do in this person's situation. But look how you brought them through it. Praise the Lord. I don't know how uh, what would happen if this happened in my life, but God, I watched you take care of it in their life. It's amazing how God, the power of God will work 
in our lives individually in the ways that God calls us. Because it's directed. It isn't just destructive power. It's, it's actually a creative power. It says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? Notice this last part. It says, according to the working of his mighty power. According to the working of his mighty power. It's according to the work of God. It's, it's how God works it. He's in control of it. It's he that uses it to accomplish what he desires. All things together, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. There's nothing that God is unable to do but as he works it. And all this comes to pass and, and, and is pictured in the next verse, in part of the next verse. And it will, it will, it will stop. That's where we'll stop. You want to know what it looks like to see an all-powerful God do something that is above and beyond nature and just is unimaginable in, 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 the, in the life of somebody? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nobody else ever got up from the grave on their own. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Found right here in verse 18. Verse 19, and sorry, 20, which, which he wrought in Christ when he raised from, raised from the dead. He has power and authority. We'll get to the authority next time around, but on probably Wednesday night. But he had the power to raise him from the dead. Were you dead in your trespasses and sins? Ephesians 2 tells us you were. But now you're alive. Through the power of God, Paul said, that, that, I, that I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. That power is the power that works in us, that gives us new life, that gives us, that regenerates us, and that helps us to continue on and change us, give us victory over sin, gives us victory over Satan, gives us victory over this world. It's all bound up in the power that was found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for what God's given to us. Also, I'm praying for my for the church of Ephesus that they would have eyes to see these things. Why? Because know, knowing those truths then become applicable to the way that we live our lives. It, it strengthens our faith. It, it helps us move forward. It helps us go on. It helps us not to quit, just like there in 1 Corinthians 15. Now, be steadfast. Knowing this truth, be steadfast. Don't quit. Keep going. Keep serving God. Why? Because it's not in vain. Because we do have hope. Because God is at work. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the state of the Lord. I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you're glorified in all that's said and done here this, this afternoon. Lord, I pray that our, our, our church here is encouraged, just being reminded of truths that we already know. But God, just as we stop and think, of how good you are, the magnitude of your power, the, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Lord, it, it just it, it's encouraging. And God, I pray that you would help us to go forward this week uh, with a spring in our step, Lord, with a, with a smile and joy in our, in our, in our hearts, Lord, uh, that we're able to be the, the praise of your glory, that we'll be the image of the Son, that we'll be a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.